0: Thank you. Hello and welcome to Real Life Ghost Stories episode 7 7 Woo. Imagine we're on 7 episodes
1: Crazy That's
0: weird Can I just say before we start, happy birthday to me
1: Happy birthday to you
0: I am a massive 29 today Well not today, but when you hear it it'll be today So come wish me a happy birthday Because I'm a lonely, lonely person Happy birthday <laughs> Thanks We've got a promo to start off today So these guys hit me up on Twitter, actually, and they are the Paranonsense Broadcasting Network. And they are a cute little podcast all about paranormal stuff, conspiracy theories, mad, crazy, nonsense. If you're interested in anything that's weird and wonderful, like we are, it's worthwhile going and listen to them. Their names are Zarek and Rob. What cool
1: names! Very cool names.
0: One of their episodes that I listened to was called uh, La La Rona, which I believe. La 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 Rona. <laughs> my. <laughs> (laughs) Uh which i believe is kind of like the banshee ooh so yeah it was quite interesting to listen to another cultural mythological wailing woman you know crying at deaths and stuff which was cool i'm gonna play their promo right now let's hope it's not just silence
1: what's up everybody my name is eric and i'm rob we're the hosts of the paranonsense broadcasting station a show where we talk about all things paranormal conspiracy or nonsense alike We've had shows on folklore such as Baba Yaga, true crime such as the Black Dahlia murder case. And our conspiracies involve Nazi UFO experiments or another one, Roswell. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, at Paranonsenses. That's P-A-R-A-N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E-S. We have a Gmail, Paranonsenses at Gmail. We also have a Facebook page, so follow us there. You can listen on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, or hosting site is Podbean. So if you love the sound, two drunk Mexicans talking your ear off, then we're the men for you. So subscribe and listen now wherever you get podcasts. Adiós. Hasta luego.
0: And we're back. So go and listen to them. power Nonsense Broadcasting Network. We love them. You'll love them. They're great. They also. Well, I don't know if they'll be offended if I say this. They also always sound like they're really stoned which I really enjoy when I'm listening to them. They're very soothing to listen to. I love them. You'll love them. So our review of this week is the film Winchester. Now, Winchester was released in 2018. Ah, this it is 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb and a stunning, stunning 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it stars Helen Mirren, She plays Sarah Winchester, who is the, the, she's like the heir of the Winchester fortune. She's like the
1: wife of the man that came up with the Winchester rifle, basically. That's
0: it. So the Winchester rifle. So if you don't know the real life story of the Winchester mystery house, it's really cool. So Sarah Winchester, her husband died. She got a medium into the house and the medium told her that the people, all the people who have died at the hand of the Winchester rifles were haunting her and she was cursed that they were going to follow her until she died. So the medium told her, you need to continuously build in your house until you die. So the Winchester house is like crazy. It's got, in real life, it's like got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of rooms. It's got stairways that lead to nowhere. It's got tiny rooms. It's got massive rooms. It's like just crazy. And all because somebody told her she was cursed by all the people who had died at the hands of Winchester rifles. As always, I kind of didn't really watch it. So... (laughs) And Over. as always,
1: we picked a film that's been rated really low again. Yeah. This one was a lot better than the last one. Though. Oh, this one definitely was... I don't was, feel like it was just 2% better. As it was definitely
0: suggests. was not 2% better than The Messengers. It was way better than The Messengers. I don't, really, I, I don't know why I'm commenting. I was like not watching it. So go. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I actually quite like this. I thought... I like the Winchester Mystery House story anyway because I actually think it would be a really good like fiction story. Like yeah. this lady has created this gun that's really popular and it's killed loads of people and now the ghosts are out to get revenge she has to do something to save her family and it's a really good like that's a good story I think for a ghost story but actually based on true stories that's what she actually thought was happening to her as most things my point of reference for this was Zach Bagans because I think he went to this house Mm-hmm. Um, and did what one of the characters did in the film which is walk up the staircase that doesn't go anywhere smash the head yeah it's an interesting story it's basically this guy this doctor who um, lives in san francisco is called by the lawyers of the winchester arms Raffle company to come and basically they want to make get this doctor to give a diagnosis of the winchester woman i've forgotten her name sarah sarah winchester as crazy so he's sent down there to diagnose her basically the company wanted her to be diagnosed as crazy so they can take back control because she started to, to well she's spending loads of money on this crazy house but she's also invested in roller skates which apparently is a bit of a, a bit of a change if you run a gun company to then start investing in roller skates she
0: invested in roller yeah, skates yeah
1: that's what it said in the film oh I, I not all that is. of that
0: <laughs> why was she not on roller skates in the film though no, you was, know what
1: the roller skate plays a big part in the film you, you saw them follow the roller skate down the stairs
0: that was a roller skate Yay. oh look listen here I did not watch any of this film clearly because if I would known Helen Mirren was potentially possibly going to be on roller skates I would have been all ears and eyes I was not
1: ha. <laughs> she wasn't on roller skates she should have been she should have been that would have been a good twist to the story and yeah it's a good film there's a little a slight twist in it it's quite obvious but it's still good it's full of jump scares the ghosts themselves aren't scary looking but Mm -mm. the the timing of the appearances made me jump all the way for it um, which I I quite like a good jump scare sometimes anyway
0: yeah I think again it's another film that on a more genuine note than The Messengers because The Messengers we were saying it's kind of a film that you could watch with your friends and take the piss out of this is another film that you could watch with your friends and yeah you're going to have those jump scares so it's going to be fun and it's going to be a nice night but you're not going to go to bed being like oh my god I can't sleep because I'm terrified Yeah, it's not that kind of film
1: no not at all and there's a bit where the ghosts get so crazy that the house falls down oh yeah um, I which remember that might have actually happened because I worked out it's 1906 and I'm pretty sure California had a massive earthquake in 1906 so that may well have happened maybe it did yeah but I didn't good actually good reference
0: point though if it, yeah. I mean if it did happen it's a good sort of reference
1: but I would give it possibly two and a half out of five maybe a three at a push oh. I like the story is definitely better than the messengers as a film Um, and it's on netflix uk as well so i don't know about you american canadian irish people is irish netflix the same oh i actually don't know it's definitely on uk uk netflix so check it out if you're uk and have a look for it if you're somewhere else in the world
0: i'm not going to give it any stars because i that wouldn't be fair
1: no it really wouldn't (laughs) because you didn't see it at all really did you
0: Right, our story today we're not a true crime podcast no that's true let's start with that
1: otherwise it'd be called real crime stories sometimes A story
0: comes along that just captures you. And there's so many paranormal elements to this story that I think it works for us. As a kind of disclaimer before we start, my research for for this story came from a book called The Boy in the Attic by a writer called David Malone. He did massively extensive research and I'll talk about why at the end. This isn't an ad. I don't know this man, but I read this book about five years ago. It really, really stayed with me. It freaked me right out. He doesn't focus on the paranormal aspect of it That's not his thing We'll talk about why that is at the end But yeah, so just oh, I'm, really, I'm really nervous about doing this story And I don't really know why
1: And I've not heard any of it So I'm also a little bit nervous Because you keep going on about how freaky it is And disturbing And you're worried about the fact that the guy's still alive
0: Yeah, shall I just get cracking? Yeah, go for it It's 1973 In Palmerstown, a suburb of Dublin City Abortion is illegal contraception is illegal divorce is illegal in fact the only thing that's legal is misery even thinking about sex gets you lynched father o'keefe awakens from a slumber where he has dreamed about all the happy babies he has saved and all the miserable marriages he has officiated what's that word officiated Officiated. i wrote it i don't even know the word officiated over that will never be escaped he makes his way to saint philomena's church a building in the centre of Palmerstown that is frequented by most people in the local community. Upon entering the church, he quickly realises something is wrong. The crucifix has been turned upside down and he notices out of the corner of his eye that the tabernacle is ajar. He realises in horror that the chalice which holds the body of Christ is gone. On the 14th of June, at 1973, 16-year-old Lorcan Bale sat his geography exam in the morning. It didn't go well. He made his way home after his exam, keenly aware that many more exams stretched out before him. When Bale arrived home, he grabbed a cup of coffee and went to his bedroom, which was normal for him. Bale's bedroom looked like a standard teenager's bedroom, except for one thing, something completely unnoticed by anyone who entered. In the wardrobe was a hole, and through that hole was a trapdoor which led to the attic. The attic held what most attics hold boxes, dust, old furniture, but this attic also held an altar. Upon the altar was a number of items, unusual to most. Candles, several saucers of powders of black and white, a box of human feces, the communion wafer, which in the Catholic faith is considered the actual body of Christ, Father O'Keefe's prized chalice, and one other item, a small child's rally bike. You see, Lork and Bale had been killing animals for several months mice, rats, cats, dogs, and on that day the Bale family were babysitting John Horgan, the seven-year-old neighbour, a blonde-haired and blue-eyed boy who was much loved in the community. At some point in the afternoon, Bale asked John if he would like to go and see some rabbits in the field behind his house, to which John gleefully agreed. The two set off, with Bale carrying a rope, a club and a sack. At some point in their adventure, Bale invited John to peer down a rabbit hole, at which point he clubbed him in the back of the head. It is believed that John Horgan died instantly. After some struggle, Bale managed to carry John's body home, drag him into the attic using the secret trap door, and suspended him with ropes from the ceiling above the altar, arms apart and legs together, as though the boy had been crucified. Lorcan Bale then went and made himself a cup of tea. When people realised that John Horgan was missing, a search party was quickly formed, with many questions being asked of Lorcan Bale. Bale told people that John must have wandered off, and even joined in the search, helping the frantic parents search for their missing boy. At some point during this time, Bale slipped away, got his scissors, and for reasons unknown, cut the clothes from the murdered boy. The police, it would seem, were much less willing to believe Bale, and realised that there was a strong possibility that he was responsible for the boy's death. When put under pressure, Bale simply said, He's in the attic. Lorcan Bale had been a sickly child, and when he went to secondary school, he quickly began stealing and truanting and frequently showed flashes of a deep and dark anger. At one point in secondary school, he arrived in wearing what appeared to be a shell necklace, which on closer inspection was revealed to be a necklace made entirely out of rat skulls, obtained by trapping and killing rats and burying their bodies in lime. In these senior years of his education, he made a friend by the name of Lorcan Conroy. When their friendship deepened, Bale told Conroy that he had joined a secret society. A society, he said, that had a high priest and priestess, enacted rituals and engaged in ritual sex. He had managed to obtain a copy of Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible. In December 1972, Bale disappeared for four days. On his return, he said he had been to Newgrange, an ancient stone structure, to complete a winter solstice ritual. To this day, no one knows where he went. Kenroy wanted to test Bale's new beliefs, and Bale agreed to have a séance with him. Bale led Kenroy through the trapdoor and to the attic, where he produced a Ouija board, claiming that they were to attempt to contact Tom, the spirit of a dead boy. Kenroy, feeling silly and exposed, sitting in an attic with his eyes closed, suddenly felt a marked change in the air, and then a noise. The noise was a low, guttural animal growl, which became louder and louder. He opened his eyes to see Bale leaning over the Ouija board, arms outstretched as though suspended by invisible strings. Bale's face and eyes had changed as though he was completely devoid of life and he was emitting a snarling animalistic growl. Conroy shouted in fear and Bale came to himself, smiled and said, It worked. One night a neighbour and friend was babysitting when Bale called round. He stayed only for a short while. When Bale left, his friend realised with horror that each and every crucifix in the entire house had been turned upside down. He went to bed feeling unsettled, but his horror would only be magnified when the lights were turned off. An emulsion of some sort, mixed luminescent paint and flour, had been created, and now footsteps were glowing all around the house. The floors, the stairs, the walls, and the ceilings. A huge glowing pentagram had appeared above the beds of the sleeping younger brothers. On that fateful day in 1973, Lorcan Bale had told his friends he was going to go home, murder his neighbour in a ritual sacrifice to ensure that he would pass the rest of his exams. They didn't listen. Lorcan Bale was found guilty and sentenced to prison. After his sentencing a bag was found in a rabbit hole in the field behind the Bale House. In it were many strange things, one of which was a list of ten blonde haired and blue eyed children, one of which was John Horgan. Bale's prison time was unremarkable. He was by all accounts a quiet, polite boy. A pastor arrived from New York. He had read about Lorcan Bale in a Canadian newspaper. You see, the story was never reported by any news agency in Ireland. In fact, one tiny article appeared in which John Horgan's death was reported as accidental. The final line of a mere paragraph. When this pastor arrived, perhaps he believed he could help Bale. He went to Bale's cell and the hatch was opened in the door. The pastor peered through the door and immediately collapsed on the ground. When he regained the ability to speak, he cried and said, I have seen the face of the devil. He left and never returned. Bell covered his windows in heavy curtains he had made, and his walls were adorned with images of nuns and angels. Other prisoners quickly became afraid of him. Overnight, two perfectly drawn and perfectly symmetrical pentagrams had appeared on the floor and the ceiling of his cell, and the prisoners in the adjacent cells begged to be moved away from him as his chanting kept them awake all night, and the smell of rotting meat seeped from his cell and it was too much for them to bear. This was reported by prison guards and prisoners alike. Bale, it would seem, never slept. Lorcan Bale served seven years, six months and one week in prison almost exactly as long as John Horgan had lived. What are your thoughts? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for what?
1: That horrific story. Uh, I've got lots of thoughts. I don't know how easy it would, like it would have been near on impossible to imagine in Ireland in the 70s to get hold of a satanic Bible unless someone gave it to you, right?
0: Oh, that, th- this is my big question about this because we all know that children, teenagers kill people, but that's not new. there would have been in 1970s Ireland absolutely no way you'd get a satanic bible and no way you'd get a Ouija board where unless someone gave it to you unless somebody gave them to you there is no way not a chance in hell that that would happen not only that but to have the knowledge of satanism that this boy had because at the time I mean films like The Omen I think had come out and there was a very sensationalist I don't even know
1: if it had by that point you know 73 is early
0: It is early, but I think there was a sensationalist ideal of Satanism and what that actually meant. I, I cannot fathom how a 16 year old boy had a Satanic Bible, a Ouija board, had the knowledge to get all of these items and then believed in it so wholeheartedly that he murdered a child.
1: Also, only seven years for murdering a child mm. seems a little bit.
0: Well, because he was sixteen, he was sentenced to um, juvenile detention until he turned whatever age, and then he got out.
1: I've got. I want to know where he got the Bible from. I yes. All the other shit. I want to know where he disappeared to for four days.
0: Where did he go for four days? Who did he see? There is a belief that he went to Newgrange, as I said. Newgrange was an ancient burial ground in Ireland, kind of like Stonehenge.
1: But it's indoors, isn't it?
0: It's, well, it's most, it's like a burial mound, so most of it is outdoors and then it goes underground. Like Stonehenge, you know, people who are pagans or, or witches or whatever use it as a place to recharge during the winter solstice and they have rituals. But there's also a belief that people have satanic rituals there and the author assumed, believed that there was a strong possibility that was where he went, that he went to... Newgrange during, during the winter solstice and he met with some
1: people but yeah, who he must though- have met with people eh? he didn't just knock off on his own did he like if, if he went at that time of year as well and that kind of stuff goes on he must have met with people but who are these people? I reckon it was Mr Tumnus
0: as in from his wardrobe yeah. so his wardrobe was actually like bad Narnia <laughs> yeah. shit Narnia yeah the alternate
1: alternate it alternate.
0: yeah alternate timeline Narnia <laughs> evil oh, Abed Narnia yeah.
1: <laughs> I just don't know it's really like this is going to come across really bad but I think it's just the problem in general but probably more so in Ireland so just give me careful what you say here here. but so because they're all so spiritual and stuff and because there's so much the Catholic Church has so much influence like it did with with various other things that the Catholic Church got involved in that it shouldn't do everything just kind of gets hushed up and dealt with doesn't it Catholic
0: Church obviously is hushed up and dealt with such a huge amount of things in Ireland we're not even going to go into that because well, in it never stops talking in the world the history of time yeah.
1: yeah I get that Like, not-
0: I, but there's something how did nobody talk Like, so nobody in that community spoke about this like obviously they were all there and when the author contacted like Lorcan Conroy contacted the police they all spoke to him but all these years later they spoke to him like why did the newspapers not report this when you think about the Jamie Bulger case which is a case in England where two young boys murdered a, a three year old I remember that being on the news. That was enormous. That was such a huge case. And it was shocking and it was terrifying. And this is like...
1: Worse in many ways. Well, not worse because it's... it's, Of course, it's the death
0: of a child. But it's it's, all that extra stuff to It's it's a death of a child and it has these mad satanic undertones and overtones and nobody reported it. And the newspapers reported it as an accidental death. Like Catholic Ireland at the time. So people were talking about the divorce referendum and they were talking about making these big changes and contraception being legalised and all of that stuff what better way to stop all that from happening than to say we need to hold on to catholic values because satanism has taken over look at what's happened but they didn't nobody spoke about it and when i spoke to my mom about this today she was like i don't know what you're talking about never heard of it
1: yeah it's great that's really weird isn't it weird but it's a line of questioning thing as well isn't it because i you'd hope wouldn't you that the police would go right this is what he's done (laughs) he's got these things that he shouldn't have where did he get them from? If it was, like, guns or, like, explosives or drugs, he'd get arrested and he'd get punished and stuff, but there would be a line of questioning that would go, right. Like, where did he get this from? Because this isn't something you can get from boots down the corner, is it? It's like... Yeah,
0: it's... It, this, why is there
1: no... Why is there nothing? Why is it so quiet? It's That makes it worse in some ways, I think.
0: When I read this story, and it just sat with me for ages, and I couldn't I couldn't get rid of it, and it's the fact that when he went to prison, this whole... Satanic thing Continued so it wasn't that this, this murder was wrapped up in, you know, it's it wasn't like teenage rebellion. You know, I'm going to, it, well, it doesn't sound like it was teenage rebellion. I mean, they, they do say he had a really um, strictly Catholic father, but then lots of people did in Ireland in the 70s. Yeah. It was just the norm. So it doesn't sound like it was just a, a, a teenage rebellion where he was like, I'm going to do the most shocking thing and then immediately regret it and go to prison. Apparently he showed absolutely no remorse for what he did. Like, obviously there's the argument that of psychopathy where you could just say, oh, that he was a psychopath and that's it wrapped up in a nice neat little bow but how does that explain the chanting in prison and the perfectly and that was like highlighted in the book that there there were two perfectly symmetrical pentagrams painted on the floor and the ceiling perfectly symmetrical how do you do that and the rotting meat and the chanting and yeah. oh ugh. everything about it just really but then me out.
1: Some, yeah but so i could you could almost understand the commitment of a 16 year old if he'd experienced actual power, right? So if he'd done something and it had happened...
0: And he was like, oh, yeah. shit, I can do this!
1: And then it's like, right, okay, so this is the this is the real real deal. So I'm going to carry on doing this. And then you almost become clicked into it. But And that is concerning. And I want to talk about the jail time separately. But I still can't get over the fact that there's no sort of like, where did this come from in the first place? Do you think it was like a snake in the Garden of Eden? Just coming along and going, to have a read it. Oh, like a real snake? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were. Oh, there's no like... snakes in Ireland, though, is it? There? No, there's no snakes in Ireland. We don't have any. Oh, yeah. Saint Patrick got rid of all those. I'm going back to Mister Tomlinson. No, <laughs>
0: I just don't. I just don't know, and that this is why this story freaks me out is because I just don't know. There were, as I said, there were theories. One of the theories was that the school that he went to was like a secret satanic ring. No, well, I I highly doubt that, but people. Oh,
1: and there's got to be more than one
0: yeah so people (laughs) but people believed that like so this guy Lorcan Conroy his friend his little pal was like shunned afterwards because people were like oh he's obviously a satanist as well and this poor kid was probably like what the fuck just happened my best friend just murdered somebody he didn't listen to him when he was like I'm gonna go home and kill my neighbor in a satanic ritual
1: and prior to this he'd become the devil
0: (laughs) yeah and prior to this whatever in that crazy seance and that was from his words as well that wasn't that was from an interview with him so I just, I just don't know, like, how, where does a 16-year-old boy in Ireland in the 70s get this stuff? And why was it so hushed up? It's the perfect, and in a very blunt, kind of non-feeling way, it's the perfect weapon to demonstrate how important Catholicism is. Perfect weapon. So why didn't they use it? What if? now oh, here we go. Come on.
1: What if we've got, like, a, a dogma kind of situation? The United yeah. Film Dogma. Yeah. So what if the Catholic Church know God is dead? And, and they're, they're just covering it and up and they co- they're like they everybody's cover, running they around behind the, the, stuff the scenes. To cover it up.
0: Everyone's running around behind the scenes going oh fuck where is he? God's on holidays we can't find him. God's Alanis Morissette. That's that film isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean I can't I find I'm actually find it really difficult to joke about this story because no, yeah, sure, I'm so no no but I'm not I'm not, like, saying you shouldn't, but I am find it really difficult to joke about it because I'm just like, Christ. I don't really... It freaks me out so much that this happened. And it's magnified by the fact
1: that nobody talked about it. And a little kid died as well, which is...
0: And it, it's awful. A little kid died and it's awful. It's absolutely awful. And this man is still alive, knocking around. And obviously, I think if you... I believe, after reading this story, that he was groomed he by somebody, some some other adults in his life that groomed him, that gave him this information, that gave him these tools to unlock this part of himself. And maybe they recognised that within him there was a psychopath. Maybe they recognised that and they targeted him, like paedophiles do. They recognise vulnerability and they target it. So I feel like it's unfair to be like, he was a bastard, he was an absolute animal, or he was evil. Because he had all of these extra things that meant that there had to have been somebody else in his life that was supplying him with this. I feel like I want to talk to him and just be like, what happened? Like, is, he, is he living a normal life? Is he knocking about? Does he have a wife and kids? Does he have a husband and kids? Like what has happened in his life since? And does he look back on it now and go, you know, I was targeted and I was vulnerable?
1: I guess because he did the crime as well the horrific crime there's less likely to want him to want to reveal himself because if, yeah. he if he'd just been like I don't know if he'd just been casually summoning the devil like you do and as we not do actually yeah. we've been all any, been there yeah there's not been any actual human sacrifice and then he got to an adult or a stage in his life where he wanted to come away from that he actually his gut instinct would then to be go well look it's not me these people are dangerous blah 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 but actually because he's committed this crime he probably doesn't want to so maybe there is stuff he hasn't told because he he doesn't want the focus to be on him We're talking about this in the context, we we obviously, you're aware because you've read it, and I know what era we're talking about, but it's like, this is pre-internet, so this is not only Catholic Ireland, this is, you've got to physically meet with people, Mm. have a correspondence address, have a phone number, but probably not every house had a phone number No, probably not, no, would have been going to the phone box uh, Yeah, so this is like, this is a serious effort on whatever behalf of those adults, unless it wasn't a human Oh Christ, is this your theory? This is what I was saying. This is what Mr... I was joking about Mr. Thomas, but... You know I don't believe in that. Yeah, I know you don't,
0: but... I absolutely don't believe in it. I believe that this boy was groomed by a group of adults. You know, the fact that he's told his friends about, like, sex rituals and stuff, like, he 100% was groomed by adults in his life. Maybe they didn't think he'd go that far. Maybe they didn't think that was what happened. That was what would happen. Introducing this boy to Satanism. Or, you know, pretending to introduce this boy to Satanism or whatever. I don't believe really that there's a massive paranormal aspect to this story
1: no other than the demonic twinge to it the thing is
0: with the pentagrams and the glow in the dark pentagrams in the house and the smell of rotten meat and all that but fear has legs you know that as well as anybody like if you you know those those kids in prison knew that he was in prison for crucifying a child obviously you know, they're going to be frightened of him.
1: Yeah. And the priest falling over probably didn't help, did it? He
0: probably didn't help the priest <laughs> collapsing and this guy coming from New York because he thought he could save him. It Say he did stay up all night, one night chanting. Like he was obviously intelligent. Yeah. So he obviously was trying to make his mark in prison, maybe rather than it being a genuine, I'm staying up all night chanting because I love the devil.
1: So the thing is, you say the adults might not have thought he went this far.
0: <sighs> the table's so creaky. I'm sorry if you can hear that.
1: But this sacrifice might have been learned behavior there's plenty of missing kids
0: i don't know what you're talk- what do you mean there's plenty of missing kids
1: there's plenty of missing kids that are never accounted for right yeah it's true it's very rural adults got better more, more hiding places well what, he-
0: they taught him how to do it yeah maybe he oh, saw it right. when he
1: was away maybe he saw them do it and actually maybe this you say like he might have gone off and done more than they were expecting but actually maybe this is what they do and they just haven't been uncovered and because he's a kid and he didn't have access to somewhere to hide it he got caught i don't know if i really believe that you
0: sound like um is it alex jones that conspiracy guy
1: i haven't said anything about gay frogs yet gay frogs but (laughs) (laughs) but next up next week gay frogs
0: so what do you think what's your what's your over what's your paranormal radar do you think it is paranormal do you think it's not
1: there's something not right about it it's hard to say in it and i don't really want like i obviously think it is because you know i like a bit of the demonic Yes, yeah, there's just the real sense of unease about it, and it's just the fact that it's not been dealt with. That's what that's what makes it even more uneasy because it, it's almost like there's something not.
0: It's like somebody at some point in this case went, "We're closing this door because we can't deal with what's behind it." Yeah,
1: it's still satanic.
0: I believe that a boy got groomed. I believe that a teenage boy at some point during his teenage years was groomed by a group of adults who were Satanists or whatever. Yeah, so regardless, I don't,
1: regardless of whether he conjured anything or not, it's still a, satanic, yeah, and I, I believe there's still a satanic edge to it. That
0: people's fear and perception of the fact that he apparently crucified a boy meant that this myth and lore grew up around this teenager. You know, the, the rotten meat and the pentagrams and all of that jazz. I don't really know if I believe that that stuff happened the way it is reported. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I'm just saying, I think perhaps the the gravity of the crime that he committed created this lore around him. But I do think he was groomed, which is really sad. Cult. Possibly a cult. Possibly a cult. I mean, there were, there obviously are cults that operate in Ireland as well as everywhere else. So we're going to leave it there this week.
1: Great. Can we watch something nice now?
0: Yeah, we'll watch something nice tonight before we go to bed. <laughs> it is up by the way if you do that when you watch something scary that you have to watch something nice afterwards so you don't have bad dreams <laughs> we're such little losers so sum up of today sum up of this week's episode number one go and listen to Paranonsense Broadcasting Network boom boom number two kind of watch Winchester I don't really know I didn't
1: really watch it so watch it what, if you feel like yeah, you need yeah if to. you've got like a casual interest in the story have a little have a little watch
0: number three if you want to read more about the Story of the Boy in the Attic. The book is called The Boy in the Attic by David Malone. As I said, it's not an ad. Don't know that, man. This isn't sponsored. I just, if you want to read more about it, read more about it. It's not the best book in the world. There's a lot of extra information that is unnecessary because actually so little is known about this case that he kind of needs to fill in the blanks a little bit. Probably at a word, I had a page count that he had to um, meet. But really freaky story. If you've got any thoughts about it, if you think... If you've heard anything about it, if you know about this story, then let us know. Obviously, it's my birthday. So you need to, because it's my birthday, you. you need to go and review us on iTunes and we'll send you some nice things. Give us
1: 29 stars.
0: Give us 29 stars. So go and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars on iTunes. Go and tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. Make sure everybody knows about this podcast if you think it's good then please let people know so that we get loads and loads of listeners and then we can give up our real jobs and and become famous podcasters and make loads of money that's and never gonna happen
1: <laughs> send us your stories
0: oh and, oh I've got so many good stories this week I'd forgotten send us your stories we are on Twitter at real ghost pod we are on Snapchat at real Ghost pod we are on Facebook real life ghost stories it's a closed group we are on Instagram real life ghost stories and we're on gmail real life Ghost stories Podcast at gmail.com we've gotten loads of stories this week and we will be doing a listeners episode maybe next week ooh yeah potentially next week because we've gotten quite a number of stories and I, I've promised people that I'll
1: and I haven't heard any of them so it will be new to me yeah I've <laughs> promised
0: people that I'll put their stories on the episode so if you've got a story you want us to hear come and let us know
1: question to finish the show yeah you're walking along the woods yeah out pops Mr. Tumnus what do you do Dropkick him. Headbutt him downstairs. Yeah.
0: Right answer. <laughs> and thank you for listening. We love you.